0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Oppo Taco Podcast. This is episode number 17. 17 Willow, the jersey number worn by baseball greats Keith Hernandez. Guy who I think should be in the Hall of Fame, Todd Helton. Mark Grace, newly inducted Hall of Famer, Scott Rowland, as of a year ago. Lance Berkman, 17, who has... Eerily uh, similar numbers to one at Joey Votto. Go check those out. Defensive specialist Darren Erstad, number 17. Nelson Cruz, super submariner Brett Saberhagen, the mullet man himself of Toronto, Kelly Gruber. And how about the sports-spectacled saint of Cincinnati, Chris Sabo? And it wouldn't be an episode without mentioning Shoei Otani, uh, yep. number 17. One of my favorite players of like the late 80s, early 90s, Daryl Strawberry. What a machine. A, and how about this one? Everybody's favorite number 17, Ken Griffey Jr., who did wear the number for 41 games in 2008 with the Chicago White Sox, which nobody obviously has forgotten about. 17 is also the number of home runs hit by Altuve, Josh Nill or Matt Chapman this year. And the number of home runs. Chapman came in what? Like first he,
1: 15 of those came in the Yeah, first he probably, quarter, yeah.
0: most of them in uh, like April. It was also the number of home runs served up by Kodai Senga, Kenta Maeda, and Jack Flaherty. It was the number of wins accumulated by your Cy Young preseason candidate, Zach, Zach Gallen. Gallen, Yeah, 17 is also the width in inches of home plate, which is my favorite stat. And how about this one? The longest no-hitter in professional baseball history thrown by Fred Tony. Of the Winchester Hustlers, as they beat the Lexi- Lexington Colts back in 1909, was a 17-inning game. I thought you were going to say the size of my wrench. <laughs> well, we we're talking inches, not millimeters. Here we go. And that introduces episode number 17. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Pretty full. Long weekend, but it was good. Yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yep, and, yep. Uh, yep yeah it it was a good one here we get the monday holiday filled with baseball playoff baseball is well underway been interesting we'll talk about that in a minute but uh i guess to start we've got a really fun episode here i'm pumped for this one a couple days ago we had an interview why don't you tell everybody um who we interviewed and what we're gonna we're gonna hear today yeah we we got a treat for you guys no um one of my ex
1: roommates, one of you know my best buddies through four years of college, Christopher Troy, who is now pitching in the Red Sox org. Um, yeah, I knew like I knew this was a guy we'd get on at some point. Someone who's uh, I enemy mean, beggar. You spent an hour with him, and after we were done, you said even yourself, you're like, wow, like what an interesting, well spoken, just you know,
0: awesome. He was awesome a fantastic dude. interview, Loved and he is. It, yeah, he's a
1: dude who uh, who I want to get on because you know baseball wise, he's. He's a he's a rising prospect doing well, but also too he's a guy who, uh, you know, off the field he's got his different endeavors, which is uh, I think is kind of cool. I think a lot of guys get caught up in you know only baseball, but uh, yeah, we had a good chat
0: with him, so I think I think it's worth waiting for. I think it's worth waiting for. Yeah, I think everybody's gonna want to hear this one, and I think uh, hopefully. Uh, CT has some, some new followers, new fans and everything as they should. Red Sox Nation is doing pretty well in the, down the Fall League. We'll talk a lot about that. Yeah, I don't think we we'll talked about, about it, other but things. again, I think a
1: real good social media fall for people, especially Twitter. I've been loving his Twitter lately. It's uh, And again, we talk about it a bit, but um, mm-hmm. and I don't know what his exact handle is, which I should have known, should have been prepped for this. But uh, I want to say it might be at
0: Christopher Troy, but I'm not 100% sure. Add Christopher can, Troy is correct, so. There Good we follow. go. There we go. A little, little plug for go. him. There we go. Absolutely. Well, before we do that, though, we we'll get into to the interview, we're going to do our quick hits. Let's do it. All right, not too much this week that we're going to talk about because we do want to get to that interview. But, um, you know, I guess one of the main points is that the... The IOC, the Olympic Committee has on the dock, it looks like it very well could be coming back into play for 2028 in Los Angeles, uh, is baseball and softball, uh, the men's and women's respectively, um, which is awesome. Obviously, I'm biased because I got to, to take part in two of them, but I mean, I think, you know, it just makes sense being in LA to have baseball back on the slate.
1: It'd be sweet. I think it would be a huge poll. I don't see why it wouldn't be. You know, North America, I get it. You know, maybe some other countries, if they're hosting in past years, it may not have the same traction. But I think in L.A., it's could be one of the biggest, honestly.
0: Well, it always seems to be. And that was the thing Unless Unless flag football gets in. Flag football's coming back, too, which I think is pretty cool. Actually. I think it's, that's sweet. It's actually that fun would to be, watch I saw Ty- Tyreek Hill tweet about that the other day, so
1: it'd be interesting. Oh, yeah? If, uh, yeah. Be, you know, an NFL flag football team. Well, what if some of those guys actually played? Wouldn't that be wild? Well, I think it's cool. It gives them the opportunity to actually play like an Olympic sport where their sport isn't, you know.
0: Well, and I think about the timing. It's going to be in the summer. Be great. I (laughs) can't. Right. So it's not going to be during football season. So maybe some of them would. That would be incredible. They didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it it don't, I know after two thousand eight, it when it got removed from from the Olympics, one of the arguments was that it's not really a global sport, and you know it's only a select few countries, namely like North America and some of the other. But I'm like wait 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 no, have you heard of Japan? Have you heard yeah. of Korea? Have you heard of like Taiwan, China? Like it, it's, no, it's it's an international sport, and it's mm-hmm. just as big, if not bigger, you know, overseas as evidenced by like the WBC and Japan yeah. winning. Yeah, you know? so. I'm glad it's back in, or at least looks like it's maybe almost certain that it's going to be back in. So <laughs> that's um, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we just want to kind of touch on really is the postseason picture at this point. So I mean, we did our predictions last week for the first round. I went one and three. You were three and one. Three and nice one sure.
1: was with, an a- with an asterisk, though, so, because nice. Job. I had to say, Jace. Your- I had to.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess I get a little bit of an asterisk because I picked the Brewers before the, the news on Brandon Woodruff not being uh, healthy enough to to pitch. If that were the case and I heard, I would have gone with Diamondbacks. I like Gallon and Merrill Kelly, even though Merrill Kelly didn't even need to pitch in the, the Wild Card series. Um, but I would have gone there. But regardless, I'll take the L. But so far at the time of this recording, the Astros actually just finished beating the Twins. So they're up in the series 2-1 we got the Rangers uh, laying a beating right now on the Orioles in the series anyway, 2-0. That game is actually just started, I believe, for mm-hmm. Game 3. So at the time of this release, we'll know whether Baltimore still has a breath or Texas has put a stranglehold on them and drawn every last breath out of their weeping bodies. On the National League side, Arizona is up 2-0 on the Dodgers pause for yeah yeah. like uh, not not what people are expecting i don't think so not at all neither you or i had that pick and uh and the other series is philadelphia and atlanta tied at one which has been i think pretty i think that's a a fun series to watch philly
1: Philly is looking promising they are what do you what do you like
0: and what's coming to note
1: of you like
0: for you they just they just have
1: that mentality that's what i like about philly it's you can see them playing you know it's just like they they got they got some experienced guys. They got superstars. They got guys who have been there before. They've been there last year, right? So I think that's that's a big part of it, right? They know what comes with it, and uh I don't know. I just I was watching them the other night, and it just like they they look better than they did in the regular season, to say the least.
0: I'm a big Zach Wheeler fan. That guy's yeah, unreal. I like him hey like and Nola might be two of the more underrated yeah, arms yeah, in the league. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're both unreal. And he came out and he was a dude. Um, just as as was your guy Gallon through mm-hmm. a great game, but the one pitching performance that was really impressive to me was on the other side, the American League side, uh, Pablo Lopez um, with the Twins taking down the Astros in the, the Twins solo victory. Yeah. At this point, he is. He, I thought you were going to say Pablo
1: Lopez last... against the Jays because I was going to say Helen Keller could have went up there and. Oh done just gosh!
0: As well. well, I think she did. She threw on the jersey and hit for the Jays that series, but the uh, that that game that he had against the Astros. I mean, he, and I was gonna say he he was a guy that I watched last year when he was with Marlins, and you know he kind of flew under the radar because of some guy some guy named Sandy Alcantara who mm-hmm. took all the glory, uh, rightfully so, as he should have when winning the Cy Young. But if you watched Lopez, kind of the secondary, kind of that second tier he was putting up numbers and was it seemed like he was getting stronger throughout the year and i was really impressed by him and then when that trade happened for ariz i was like hmm, twins what did you even trade one. though it was it, like if you look
1: back it might have been the, the biggest win-win trade
0: well it's like what do you want do you want a hitter or do you want a pitcher you got a guy right. who's a cy young candidate he's going to get votes and then you have the um the batting title leader in the nl so what do you want? You want hitting or yeah. do you want pitching? Pick yep. your pick and go with it, and you you got you got what you thought you were getting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? What about the what about the Texas and Orioles series? Is that surprising you two two nothing at all or what? Nah, I don't know. You kind of knew Texas had a chance
1: to do what they're doing. I mean, there's been surprises. My, my overall take, and I'll say it, unpopular opinion, but playoffs have been boring, man. They've been brutal. They're, I think after last night, there's been one, two one run games. In, yeah. in in the whole postseason but it I don't know like even today like seeing uh the game that just finished the Astros game it's like uh eh, you know I'm well, used to seeing more and like thank god for the Braves Phillies last night that was a great game great finish
0: well how about how about the first run that the Braves scored though and kind of the error by Trey yep. Turner on the yeah. throw coming into the infield is mm-hmm. kind of like I don't want to say lazy play but I don't feel like that was a run that should have scored, and Acuna just being aggressive. Yeah, good heads up took, baseball. Took, yeah, took took home, and that ended up being you know at least the um, you know they won the Braves one by one. So pick your run that made the difference, but that's one that could have been stopped. I thought so. Yeah, but interesting. Other than that, I don't know. It's just been well, all of the wild card series finished in two games. Yeah, so it's like we were robbed of a third game in any of those series. Which I've I still don't like three game series. I still like a five game series. Mm-hmm. just Better than short. one though. Better than one, but I'd still like to see more, but that's just me. I'll, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see all seven game series, mm-hmm. but I know that makes it pretty long. Yeah. It's a long season already, but uh, yeah, I thought thought Baltimore, I'm not, not too hopeful that they're going to pull it out tonight. They had, uh, Texas has Yavaldi on the mound, but Texas kind of limped into the playoffs a little bit. They weren't, doing overly well the last couple of weeks of the season and Baltimore obviously did what they were doing all year long. So I thought they might just keep doing that, but uh it wasn't the way it worked out. So anyway, um who knows? Yeah, who knows. But uh we'll see if any any more series kind of, well, the one wraps up tonight possibly or mm-hmm. not or if we're going to go deeper into these five game series and see who comes out. I'm not going to lie though. I wouldn't hate seeing Arizona take down the Dodgers. Me too. It's a fun. There's a ton of now that the Jays route, there's
1: a ton of teams I like. <laughs> yeah. D-backs were one of them. Phillies I've been enjoying watching. Braves I mean are always fun to watch. Yes. Um so yeah, who knows? It would be yeah, would be crazy. It's it's pretty good to go into Dodger Stadium and take two, so we'll see.
0: No doubt. Um that's it for our quick hits. We're keeping it short because we want to get to that interview. And uh, so we're going to turn it there. We hope you enjoy this one. I think you will. And uh, let us know what you think after the show. Enjoy, everybody.
1: Well, like promised, we are joined today by a very good friend of mine, a four-year four roommate in college, uh, which is pretty good. So, a dude, I got to know pretty well. Um, currently a pitcher in the Red Sox organization, 12th rounder back in, what was it? Is that 21 or 22? 21. 21. Christopher Troy, how are you? Doing well, man. Thank you for the intros. I'm, uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Down in Arizona, huh? So how's the, uh, how's the fall league so far?
2: It's good, dude. We, uh, this is my second week out here. We just finished up second week. First week of games. Uh, I've had two outings. Uh, first one was a little bit of a clunker. Had two walks couple of infield hits gave up a run um punched out two though. so keeping the case for nine intact. Uh, and then, and then my second outing was a couple of days ago went two innings uh one hit the hit could have been an error though it was a ground ball down the first baseline and uh total not cat club of me picked the ball up and just toss it toss it straight into the, the runner's back oh, uh, beauty. Hit. so two of my two of my three hits I've given up I've been infield singles, which uh, been kind of tough. Got three walks, had one walk my last outing, another couple punchies, but uh, but we're settling in.
1: Nice, yeah we uh, we had we had another guy in the Arizona Fall League last week, and he's a starting pitcher. And we kind of chatted about this earlier, but and I don't know for the listeners, um, what, what's the schedule looking like pitching wise? Are you just out of the pen all the time, or is there a set schedule or what?
2: Yeah, so uh, the Red Sox, the first half of the season they played it pretty traditional, at least in double A Portland in terms of roles, right? Like there was a closer, there was a setup guy, long relief, those sorts of things. Um, but then the second half, they they shifted to more of a development uh, perspective and a little bit more scripted out innings. Um, and so out here, it's a little bit more scripted similar to similar to the second half of the season. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're a reliever, so uh, they're going to call your number and you better be ready to rock and roll.
1: Yeah, man, that's a, uh... It's kind of tough. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd want schedule or not, but you're used to it. So it's good, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, it helps me, it helps me stay locked in, too, just to just to know that, like, I'm always I'm always hot, you know, unless unless I'm like down. Um, there's a there's a there's a chance that I could get in the game. So it keeps me locked in for sure.
0: I was just going to say, look, like, it looked like during the season, you seem to be like a seventh, eighth inning guy. You still kind yeah. of that back end or are you coming in like fourth inning, fifth inning, kind of just depending on the, the you know, who's hot that day?
2: Yeah, so the Fall League's a little bit different, right? Like, so uh, we'll take this last outing, for example. I uh, pitched on Tuesday Sunday. I probably pitched on Friday. I threw two innings. I threw the fourth and the fifth innings. Um, but the night before, we were down by a run. And uh, if we would have tied it up, I would have been the pitcher in the 10th. So I was getting loose, ready to do that. But that's just to give you a little insight into, I guess, how unscheduled or how, how the different roles you could be playing in the Fall League um change or vary from the season.
0: Now did I see that they only go 10 in the fall league? They'll call a tie after that? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they'll only play 10.
1: Nice. And there there's a couple other rules, isn't there too? I saw you you saw you retweeted something the other day, but like thanks for letting me know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, it was crazy. I uh Chris Clegg, I think was his name. Uh but he's a he's a Red Sox writer. And he tweeted out like the, the new rules for the Arizona Fall League. And it was literally opening day. <laughs> and I was just going through my through my timeline, and I am like, okay, the pitch clock's shorter. Uh, I got to be ready to go by thirty seconds in between innings. Uh, There's just a couple other rules, uh, with the ties being one of them. That I was like, oh, I probably should have probably should have known that. What would they do with the, the the pitch clock? Is it eighteen
0: seconds or something like that? Like universally, runners on yeah, or so or eighteen
2: not. seconds between hitters, um, and between pitches with nobody on, and then fifteen seconds with runners on. Which I believe is only a two second difference. I think we have twenty seconds uh, mm-hmm. in this last league between hitters, um, as opposed to eighteen seconds. So that's not still pretty quick, rule. though. Yeah, I mean, not not huge rule change changes, but just good to uh, good to get those out before before. You, you think
1: start. it affects you much?
2: Probably in a positive way. Uh, okay. Willow, I mean, you probably know this, but I got a tendency to overthink sometimes on the mound. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, the, I think the timer keeps me keeps me one foot in front of the other and not, not giving myself too much time to, to overthink things, uh, which is probably a good thing.
0: So did I actually see, did you get called for a violation already?
2: Oh yeah, it was my first outing. <laughs> I thought I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> my first outing, I warm it up, and the emperor's like, you got two more. And so I'm like, all right, I'm we'll warming up, can go pitch. And uh, the second pitch, I was, like I come set to deliver my last pitch, my last warm up pitch, he's like, That's a violation. And so I had no idea. I had no idea what I did at the moment, but uh, I came set and delivered my last warm up pitch after 30 seconds. So you so got started... called for the violation during yeah, the warm ups, so not even, even like, like in the game. That's, that's, that's my awesome. the career started off with. Like, oh my you know, God. Like, I, ball I go, No. I hey, all. there's
1: only one way to go from there, right up.
2: Oh. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, no, that was, uh, it's been fun, though, man. It's been fun. Happy to be out here.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a good time. I know we got uh we got a bunch of Arizona Foley guys lined up to, to interview, so it'd be cool to kind of you know get everyone's insight. Um I ha- I mean early question who are some guys that you see early that are just like dudes?
2: There's a there's a guy in the bullpen, uh his name's Jordan Leisure. Um, okay. he was uh I want to say he was traded at the deadline from the Dodgers to the White Sox. And dude, in my opinion, that dude's got no business pitching against minor leaguers (laughs) bro i mean just chilling like 96 98 like actually chilling there with a with a ton of vert ton of ride um absolute banger of a curveball a hard gyro and he's just been carving dude it's unfair so that's a dude huh yeah and then uh, a name that i think you are probably familiar with carson williams yeah from the tampa bay rays i faced him and you know, I faced him even last year in twenty twenty two when I was in Salem, um in the what was it the South Atlantic League maybe? And or the Carolina League rather in Low A and faced uh faced him on the Rays organization, but dude, every time I face him it's it's a tough A B. Dude doesn't swing and miss, you know, it's like I am I mean, I'm a big swing and miss guy, I'm a big whiff guy. So when guys are when guys are just fouling stuff off, uh, you know, it gets a little bit it gets a little bit tedious.
1: Yeah, that's how it is though. Well Wanted to give a little background into you, Troy, because I think I mean I know you pretty well, and your uh, your story coming up is pretty unique. I want to say, um, at least turn into the pitcher that you've turned into today. But uh, I don't want I don't want to say too much for you. But a guy in high school who was a uh, a catcher. You two weight a little, right? But uh, really. mainly a catcher. <laughs> a couple innings off the mound. Yeah, I, I got heard
2: a couple. Got a couple.
1: Um, catcher guy who you know underarm all American. Um, we both, we were in the freshman class 2018, UC Santa Barbara, just this, I remember meeting Troy, like just the largest human being I've ever met in my life. Um, big, deep voice like you got, which is funny. Um, well, I'll go back now, but, and then, yeah. And then, uh, kind of a transition into pitching. So I don't know, I'll probably give it over to you here, but kind of, you know, speak through how that happened.
2: Yeah, dude. I mean, you probably remember I was, uh. You know, I was 18 years old, maybe maybe a bigger, bigger ego than I deserved. But coming <laughs> off the normal American game, you know, as a catcher, I thought I was going to come in and run it. And, um, you know, Coach Chex wanted me to, I mean, saw me on the mound and saw my fastball, saw my fastball profile, saw my velo, And, you know, it was like, I think you can contribute as a pitcher on the mound this year. And that was a tough pill to swallow. It really was. And I know that whole year I was kind of battling it, not really buying into the pitching thing. Um, and then, really, my sophomore year had uh, had some success. And I think that that success on the mound really, really got me like addicted to to pitching. And obviously, now uh, looking back on where I'm at, like happy to be here, happy to, happy, happy I've made the, the change when I did. I could not, I could not hit in this league, dude. I could not hit against these guys. Uh, but I think it would still be fun to catch. You're catching, you're just in, you're just, you're playing the game, dude. You're, every single pitch, you know, you're in it. You're, you're in it day in, day out. Um, it's not like you have an opportunity to take pitches off. and I think that that was the thing that I probably missed the most. But I do think that my catching experience has helped me on the mound, both in terms of like my fastball profile, um, but then also just reading swings, reading hitters, those sorts of things.
1: Well, important to note, too, Big CT, first bullpen at Santa Barbara. What was it, up to 98 or something like that?
2: Something like that.
1: Busted! Busted a big hole <laughs> in the back of our clubhouse, in like the back door, because our bullpens like come off onto it. Yeah. I remember we came in like the next day, and there's like this like huge steel plate over the back door of our club because Troy put a big old hole in it, which is funny, but
2: yeah, no, I've, I've tightened up the spray chart since, which has been, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which has been the challenge. But yeah, that first one, dude, I was throwing things all, I was throwing them all over the place.
1: Well, and I got I gotta say, as a hitter, and like especially through the fall when you first started pitching um, and not just me, I can speak for, I think our whole team, it's like when Troy's coming in, you know, a guy who just transitioned over, you know, he's, you know, high nines, not really knowing where it's going too much. Like Troy came in and like inner squads guys on the bench are just like, no, like this isn't going to be fun. You know, he's whizzing some by your head and stuff, but then, uh, but I think it, it helps. though. it helps. Like it's, it was like, those were such uncomfortable at bats. Right. And, I mean, I got to see see you grow, and I don't know. I think even, like, the first couple at-bats were, like, the tougher at-bats because it was like, where's this thing going? The guy's going to kill me, but So when you started
0: wearing, like, the elbow guards and everything. Oh, yeah, everything you can. Faking (laughs) injuries, (laughs) running to the bathroom, like, I'm out. Willow
2: Willow came up with the catcher's gear.
1: Yeah, I should have, honestly, dude. I don't think you ever hit me. I mean, you you never actually hit a bunch of guys. I think you no. just had a bunch of high misses. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Which I don't think
2: I've I don't think I've, I've hit that many people in my pitching career.
1: There you go, huh? Misses just all up, yeah.
2: Yeah, effectively wild. I find when I get more in the zone, I start getting hit a little bit more. So I'm like, okay, there's a fine balance of being of being wild and being in the zone.
0: So so Willow, him and I are pretty similar profiles. Obviously, they, I yeah. Like, yeah, I had yeah. Upper eights, he had upper nines and. I got gravity balls, and he's got the high rise and everything? Or yeah. Like, he, gets yeah he gets upset when it's fouled off. Yeah, he gets upset when it's fouled off because he wants to miss. I'm upset when it's fouled off because I wanted to grow a ball. Yeah, <laughs>
2: totally, seriously. Like, totally different.
1: Beggar was like a 88-90 sinker guy, Troy. So that's, uh, <laughs> Just an that's his collector? profile. What's,
2: What's that? that? Just an absolute out-collector
0: that's it man I did not want to see like more than three pitches per at bat and I'm just ball on the ground and trying to get out of there within two hours hey, Well,
2: I'm, hey, that's what I'm learning right now that's I mean that's, it's gonna take my game to the next level is to be able to uh, minimize pitches per AB I think this last year I averaged like 18 or 19 pitches an in inning which is uh honestly not that competitive I think I think especially as a reliever you want to be kind of a 16 uh, pitch range so uh, I could take a, take a take a note from you or two.
0: I can teach you a gravity ball, man. Oh yeah. (laughs) Gravity ball.
2: Let's go.
1: Is that, is that a big thing for you then? Focusing right now is trying to get that pitch count down or what are some other big things that you uh, you're looking at right now to kind of get better at?
2: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, if I look, if I look at the fall league, right, like in my mind, my process has stayed the same. The things that I've worked on in the season, my routines, my, my, my work uh, day in, day out, like, I'm continuing to do those same things. Obviously, you know, you, obviously you want to talk about the fall league and you want to talk about the chances of getting to the big leagues, right? Like 60% of everyone who's made it to the fall league made it to the big league. So really with one decision, getting called to the AFL, getting that invite, like mods went from, I don't know, 0.01% to 60% pretty much overnight. Um, so it's easy to get caught up in that trap and think like, okay, well, you know, I'm getting a little bit closer, getting a little bit closer. Now I really got to perform. And, and if I look at the way that I have performed it's only because of honestly and this is something that you could probably attest to Willow checks beat the checks beat this into us and and, and it is really process oriented baseball and I think mm-hmm. if you focus on the process right like that is the best odds you have at consistent long-term success and so the the, the trap for myself, Um, that I find myself gut to. Usually when I'm at night and I have a bad outing and I can't go to sleep, the the thoughts that I go to are just like, dude, I had a bad outing, had a better results, and I'm in the fall league and I'm supposed to be this, I'm supposed to be that. I was a 2023 Sox Prospects All-Star, one of the relievers of the year, you know? So there's there's these little voices in your head that, that can distract you from doing what got me to this point and so you know going back to your point and this is a long-winded answer we also for so you're so, right you're right um, but the things that i'm working on now dude it's it's literally the same thing that i've been working on my entire pitching career and that is to be more consistent in the zone be more competitive with my pitches so um this year i actually added a cutter so my first primary goal is definitely a competitive pitch percentage that's what the red sox call it that's a metric that they use a little bit different than the strike percentage right because you should get rewarded for an O2 slider that's, that strike to ball that maybe gets taken right. So maybe it doesn't uh, doesn't positively affect your strike percentage, but it definitely should affect your competitive pitch rate. And so that's kind of the metric that we look at. So getting more competitive, uh, obviously with the fastball is going to be priority number one. Priority number two is that, is my cutter. I uh, I accidentally threw a cutter in live hitters in spring training, and uh, our pitching coordinator was like, "Yo, you think you could do that again?" <laughs> and I remember because I I, I go in grip a two seam. I don't have a two seam. And so I gripped a two seam and I switched the ball to a four seam. And I remember like grabbing it just like a little offset and thinking like, oh shit, you know, like I don't know where this is going, but I just got to throw it. And I threw it and it was disgusting. And so they're like, you think you could do that again? And so a few catch plays later and uh, got it down a little bit more consistently, but the cutter usage is going to be, is going to be priority number two, obviously competitive pitch percentage with all three of my pitches, fastball, gyro, cutter, but then um, throwing that cutter cross counts is going to be uh it's going to open up a whole new level for myself. Do you
0: have, is there any kind of emphasis on using that in the fall league now to try to develop it a little bit more than
2: maybe you would in this season? Um, not more of an emphasis. I would say probably this, like, Right, so so the core four in the Red Sox organization, which which I really actually like, are average fastball velo, competitive pitch percentage, your arsenal grade, and your usage score. So those are the four metrics that they basically rank us on. Different than ERA, different than K. Man, nine. this is um, totally different. Than, <laughs> yeah. The metrics are uh, wild. Yeah, they are. And so Bagger Bagger be out of a oh job my pretty God, quick. Huh? you got to be a, <laughs> you got
0: to have your master's degree before you,
2: you step on the field in pro ball anymore. <laughs> No, I mean, but the thing is, too, I mean, if you put up zeros, like more often than not, your your metrics will be good metrics. You know what I mean? Um, so it depends on how you want to look at it. But to go back to the usage, right? Like for me, it's just about getting my usage to be sixty percent heaters, maybe thirty twenty five percent slider, and then the other ten fifteen percent cutter, um, using it to righties and lefties. But again, you know, I'm trying to use trying to throw that cutter cross counts. Obviously, I don't want to get too o. Um, and maybe I don't have the utmost confidence to get back into account with my cutter yet. Uh, but those are things that honestly, they require failure. They require you to miss and go 3-0 over and over and over again, uh, in order to eventually get it. So, um, in the fall league, man, I'm just trying to stay fastball heavy. And I know that right now it's a lot of big on big, right? Like guys are trying to ambush first pitch heaters. Pitchers are trying to blow first pitch heaters by guys. So, um, you know, kind of thrown, thrown backwards a little bit is not really my forte, but it's been a good opportunity to, to try and to fail and to learn and to just get more experience doing it.
1: What's the uh, VLO on the cutter right now?
2: It's three to five off of my fastball, which is uh, pretty hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good movement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three to five off the heater. And then, uh, the slider, the gyro, which is actually a little bit different. Cause most gyros that you hear that they, they get thrown right there, they're hard. They're usually hard. They're small, they just have a little bit of vert, but um, I've been trying to throw my gyro harder and it's 10 off the heater, sometimes 12. And uh, honestly it mixes up timing well and it's got enough time to really kill depth. So obviously it's been induced uh, vert and movement on the gyro is not going to be there. Like the trackman, like the trackman numbers on the slider mm-hmm. aren't going to be anything crazy. It's probably one vert, negative one horizontal. Um, but if you watch it visually, uh, you see, you see just, uh, uh, what looks like a lot more movement and that's because Mm -hmm. TrackMan doesn't take into account gravity. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I was going to touch on that too, because I think a lot of, it's kind of a new term like the gyro slider, right? And, um, I don't know if you can kind of dumb it down, but if, you know, some young kid was listening to this, what's the easiest way to, uh, kind of explain like what a gyro slider is.
2: Yeah. I mean, a gyro... All right, so you've got, you've got you've got different pitch shapes with the slider. A slider can be something that's a little bit slurvy, a little bit slower, right, like a slider curveball type. Uh, they've got the sweeper now. That's everyone's favorite word in baseball, the sweeper, uh, which is like zero vert and just a ton of horizontal. Um, and then you've got a gyro, which for a guy like myself where I don't really supinate or pronate um, well, you know, the gyro is a good pitch because I throw behind the baseball well. And, and that's why my fastball is so good. And that's that's what makes it gyro. So the gyro is, if you think about a bullet um, coming out of a rifle, right? It's just uh, spinning, 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 perfect side spin. And if you think about Fortnite and you got a 500 yard snipe and you, you have to account for the bullet drop, uh, that's, that's, that's gravity acting on the gyro, uh, the gyro spin. So you actually, the, the movement on the baseball is not created by the actual spin, right? If you think about a curveball, like a true 12 6, like you're top spinning it, and that top spin is creating the movement. Whereas the gyro is just spinning in circles and circles and circles, and the only movement you get is from gravity grabbing it down on its way to the plate. So Beggar had the gyro fastball then. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: did have, gyro. I did have oh. the gyro fastball. That was. Uh... <laughs> And the gyro change up, I guess, like the uber gyro change up, and that's about <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> and then the slurvy slider, I had the slurvy slider too. I had that one,
2: let's go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, so Megan, you said you threw in the fall league,
0: yeah. I was there in 04, man. I was uh, I was with the Grand Canyon Rafters at the time, yeah. We were in Scottsdale.
2: Let's go. It was, it was a good time, good time right. it was, it was yeah. a good time,
0: like the names that were on my team, like. I, like now, like I played with like Curtis Granderson, like he was guy on my team. I was with twins, uh, twins, Yankees, Tigers, um, Braves and Giants. I think that might've been the five. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. It's, it's fun because you'll see teammates and and everything that you, you played with, you know, make the quick rise and you see who's going to be, you know, you start hearing, this is the guy who's probably like you said about that, that one pitcher. This is the guy who's probably most ready right now, who very yeah. well could be up there next year, right? And then you have other guys who might be a couple years away who are still young, right? So it is really cool. And you'll see names will, like you'll see him 20 years from now, be like guys will just start retiring. So it's kind of neat. It's gonna be CT 20 years from now.
2: Come on, baby, it works. How's the body? Dude, if I'm being honest, my body's tired, is it? Yeah, I mean, I played uh. I mean, this is the healthiest season I've ever had, right? So I played mm-hmm. 142 games. I went on the IL for 13 days, about halfway mark. I threw 33 innings last year in 2022. Uh, didn't break spring training uh, with the back injury. So I played, I don't know, four months and got 33 innings. And this year I got 33 innings, 31 innings in my first half, <laughs> uh, which was uh, kind of crazy. And then went on the IL, had to take a couple weeks. Um what and was that injury? It was uh, shoulder tightness. I mean, I think you know either it's bicep tendinitis or my infraspinatus a little bit sore. Whatever it was, it was just referring in this front of the shoulder, which mm-hmm. was a uh, which was a new one for me. I've never experienced that. And it's like every injury, like every ding up that you get, you just start building this laundry list of exercises that you got to <laughs> just do on a daily basis. It's like okay, yeah. I got to do this for my back. Okay, I got to do this for my right hip. I got to do this for my shoulder. Got to do this, you know. And so right now I've got about a hundred, a uh, hundred, hundred pre-activation activations before 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 the stretches. I got stretches, um, but no, it's all good stuff. And I think you know, if I look at if I look at where I'm at now, you know, coming off a full season, I through 49 and a third this year, um, and I'm on pace for probably if I had to guess somewhere right around 60. So uh there's been definitely ups and downs with the body and definitely ups and downs with the arm velo uh all of those things but you know it's it's part of the process it really is and this is my first full year as a healthy professional so uh to to come out to the fall league and play another 30 games i think it's good for me
1: what's the focus in the weight room right now flexibility stuff any of that are we still lifting heavy People don't know Chris Troy is a small ape, maybe a medium-sized <laughs> ape. Like you meet this dude in person, he is a monster. Well, I saw yeah, a picture. God. I saw
0: a picture online on social media. There, so I I don't know. I think you had your photo shoot going from on the beach, the shirt off, the back. I think they had to go <laughs> yeah, like baby. landscape mode just to get your your whole back in the picture, just to get the lats <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's funny too. I saw that tweet that you reposted of that that uh, Red Sox podcast the other day. And they were just talking about how good looking you were and how big oh, you were. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs>
0: no,
2: so, that was, was uh, that was sick. That was Jared Caravis. I don't know if yeah, you were with we were him. talking about that right before yeah. we got on. Yeah, he shouted me out. It was kind of crazy. It was, uh, yeah. it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I've been, uh, dude. I, I reached out to him. Like I've been I've been uh, engaging with them on social media. They've been they've been playing along, and uh, honestly, it's been fun. He's a great, dude. I mean, hey, well, like, let him
0: know you're a one podcast kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> let him know no but
1: that's a good uh good little segue because again troy i mean it's uh it's been cool to see and i mean i've known you for a while too and and it's funny troy's actually been a guy who's gone from like heavy social media to zero social media i think we had a couple stints through college where he deleted absolutely everything yeah um but now kind of little drive back and and i think real cool and i i don't i want to hear your perspective of kind of why you're doing it but that you know that kind of social media I wouldn't say influencer, but just, you know, insight that you're given a um, lot through Twitter right now. Uh, what's kind of behind all that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're aware of the, uh, the off-field endeavors and I think, you know, social media is just one of them. We've got a great mm-hmm. team, our social media manager, Emily Reza, fourth and Crawford. Uh, she worked at Beverly Hills, which is my agency. Um, and I guess the surge has really been with, rooted with, with having the systems and the people in place. Uh, to make sure that I do it consistently, right? So in my mind, like, I'm either going to do it or I'm not. And uh, with with social media and the things that I've been doing, like I've been I've been sharing my good outings just like I've been sharing my bad ones. And and to be honest with you, the bad ones are the hardest ones to share, but for some reason, they're the most engaged ones. Like, I don't know if people just love to see me fail, or <laughs> or or if they're just really rooting hard for me. And, you know, they have sympathy for me. But either way, like that's not why I'm doing it. To be honest with you, the number one reason why I'm doing it is because social media was intended to be used to stay in touch with people that you that you care about, and especially as we become more more interconnected, right? Like in my mind, it's it's tough. It's tough to text and call everyone that you want to text and call, or people that people that uh, you you met along the way. Um, it's tough to stay in touch, and so when it comes to like engagement and the captions, I do all that stuff on my own. Like I don't have, I don't have my social media manager. I don't have Emily um, do any of the engagement because I feel like that's really where, that's, that's really where the value of social media is. Um, and, you know, beyond that, just friends and family want to know what's going on. They want to follow the story. And it's a little bit tough to follow a story if you get a bits and pieces every two weeks or every two months or a month and a half. So, I mean, every day, you know, I share, I share what I share what Red Sox beat writers are, are, are writing about me, what they're saying about me. Um, you know, I share my fans. Uh, it's kind of crazy to say that, that I have a few fans. Um, but there Well, were... it
1: seems like it's growing. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It really does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see it all the time on Twitter with your posts, and it's like every post is just more and more, especially Red Sox fans, which yeah. is sweet to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool to see them just like kind of cling on to you. Well, because not many guys are doing what you're doing, which I yeah. think is super cool, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a, an untapped market and well, I'm loving it. I think I lo- like, I I think like Twitter.
0: 20 years ago or whatever, I know it started like when I was kind of going through the system and everything. And I Like people would start talking to you about branding yourself, right? And there really there wasn't the social media at the time, like like it, at least like there is today. And now I think it's so easy to start to create that brand for yourself. So you start to kind of you deliver that almost secondary piece and engage with people and all that, right? Still start to build who you are and develop that personality that kind of interacts with, like I said, fans or people or whoever. Um, and I think you'd like you and I obviously had no prior um you know, knowledge of each other or anything like that or relationship. and then you know I, I hit you up, followed you on social media, and started looking through some of your things. And I was like, so a couple of things were pretty prevalent to me, like real quick. one, your energy, I think it it kind of came across even just in your social media things. I was like, this dude is a really positive person, right? And that energy really comes across, which is you know kind of enlightening and and, and refreshing. And then it's just you had that insight like Willow was saying that people can see and you're in the last thing is kind of you're engaging like you you reach out you respond directly to people not just a blanket statement but like you have these one-on-one conversations and you kind of see like this dude's got a brain in his head too he's not just freaking like a, a greek god here as well but there's a brain inside that statue <laughs> and it's pretty like right. it's pretty cool seeing man so i'm like like I said, I mean, what, a week now or whatever, Willa, we've kind of had this lined up and I'm yeah. already like, I'm in, I'm, like, I'm I'm, following your accounts and everything. So it's kind of cool. I can only imagine what like Red Sox fans would be thinking about watching you going kind of through your process.
2: Yeah. I mean, even my family too, like my my mom's hanging out with uh, some of her cousins. They did a little, they did a little reunion, which is good to see. Um, but I mean, even them, they're following, they're following my Instagram and, you know, they're not the most technologically savvy, but they, they they know when I pitched last they know how the outing went good or bad they know they know how I'm bouncing back from it um and really that's that's honestly that's honestly the main the main driver and I think that as long as I can portray to the best of my ability you know what's going on what I'm thinking what I'm doing um it it, it, it doesn't matter it's just it's just a it's just a continuation of the process just like anything else so, so you time?
0: did so I got one again you, got, you yeah, did you share pay. one post that uh, I don't know if it got some kickback or anything like that, but uh, it was probably the first one I saw actually and I think Willow it, might have even directed me to it. It was about the so or the um the housing situation. And you I think you got notified by something. Did you get a call on that one or what? Talk us through that story.
2: Dude so uh so before so on my way out to the Fall League, I tweeted out to the Red Sox fans and I was like, hey, I'm going to the Fall League. Um you know I don't really know what that means. I don't really know <laughs> you know, what it's going to be like, uh, but let me know what what you guys want to see. Let me know what you guys want to do, and, um, you know, it's really cool because they started engaging with me, and a lot of people were telling me, like, oh, I want to see what you guys eat. I want to see what what the weight room looks like, what the facilities look like. I want to see your living situation, and especially, you know, it's probably a little different than when you're in the minor leagues. Like, dude, we we got to get it, dude. We got to do, I know. know? know. And that's, and I mean, and that's, and that's, and that's, that's, that's fresh in everybody's mind because the new CBA just passed uh, last year. And so, you know, the minor league lifestyle really is is making strides. And I think that I think that a lot of fans want to see what those strides look like and how those come to fruition. Um, And you know, I'm hooked up with the apartment. So, anyways, one of the things was like they want to see the living situation. And dude, it's a, we got a sick setup. I wish, I I wish I could do it. (laughs) Um, But then immediately social media manager, I'm like, Hey, here's, here's a list of ideas that they want to see. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's see how many we can get done. So uh, did the apartment walk through, got some clips. So the way it works is like, we either my social media manager or myself have an idea. We get, we source ideas from fans. Um, and then we say, okay, now how do we execute? i leave that to her. And then she tells me, Emily tells me, okay, we need this clip. We need this clip. We need this clip. I need you to say this, do this. Um, And I was trying to, so I thought it was gonna be a little cringy. I thought it was gonna be a little cringy to do like an apartment walkthrough. Like, hey, like-
1: This shit done like MTV Cribs or something.
2: I know, I know, I know. So it was like, I thought it was gonna be a little cringy to be like, yo, check out my crib. Like, welcome to MTV. I'm a 12th rounder from 2021 and double A um and this is my living situation right so i thought that was gonna be kind of cringy um when i was thinking about it and so you know back to the, back to the brainstorms like okay how do we make this how do we how do we make the content and make it less cringy um and not make it seem like like i'm flexing you know because it's really like it's really nothing to flex um but but wanted well to i make, mean
1: if you're thinking that it's got to be pretty good setup that's all i gotta say yeah
2: yeah <laughs> i mean it is, it's a great setup it's a great setup so um Got it queued up. You know, we had the we had the DMs, we had the inbounds uh, posted. Like, it's it's the first clip you guys will eventually see it, but it's the first clip. It's like the way that we made it less cringy is by screenshotting all the fans who asked me to see the living situation and said, "Hey, because you guys asked me for it, this I did it for you." <laughs> and in order to not make it cringy, I tweeted out that it was going to come out because they wanted it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you
1: prefaced it a bit
2: hundred percent and it caught traction and dude, literally two minutes later like within two minutes it kind of kind of got some views got some retweets whatever two minutes later i get a call from arizona and i'm like oh shoot you know who's this and I uh, pick up the phone and it's like it's like head of uh, afl uh, security player security and they're like uh hey hold off on the post you can't post it and apparently they already had a couple like autograph seekers following players home just in the first week and so they're like, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll use whatever clues they can get mm-hmm. um, to track you down. And you know, in my in my mind, like, you know, they don't care about me. Like they care, about, like they're gonna go they're gonna go check out the top prospects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like who am I? But uh, but I mean, we have we have top prospects in the Red Sox organization that are here. So um, they they advise to hold off on it, and I will be posting it at the end of the fall league.
1: I was gonna say you still can after probably, huh? Yeah,
2: hundred percent. Yeah, it just 100%. sucks
0: that that's kind of also the world we live in now, right? Is you have to be like hyper vigilant on your safety and security. Cause that's always been around with the fall league guys would, guys would get mugged at the fall league because, you know, fall league equals prospects and prospects equals money and money for some people equals opportunity to take advantage of them. So, you know, guys were getting mugged at night and everything like that. So they'll find out where you live or where you hang out or where you're going, what you drive and all the rest of it. And, and yeah, you're a target. So that's unfortunate too, but, uh, kind of, that's that's the insight of of what people don't necessarily see about you know your job, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You
1: got anything for Troy there, beggar? Yeah, I,
0: you do. I, see you I got some. I notes. got some. Oh well, I one question. I was like, what?
2: How'd you like Portland? Portland's awesome. Uh, probably one of the most underrated restaurant scenes um, yes. of any like town that I've been in, and I love to eat. Uh, I don't like to cook, but I do love to eat. I don't like to do dishes either. <laughs> um, I, can, but... yeah, I can attest to that. Really. <laughs> <laughs> i was see that one up for Willow. I'll that you, you Actually, up. you can, you can uh, shout out our other roommate,
1: Ben Ferris, who did a lot of them.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That guy was a saint. He was an absolute yeah. saint. Uh, but no, dude, the food scene in Portland is is incredible. Great, great food. Just no Mexican food, which no Mexican food, no in and out So as soon as I came to Arizona, I was like, okay, I know what I'm eating back to it yeah, yeah. portland that is
0: percent. a great city though i loved it like i played in connecticut for a few years right so portland was always uh, i liked it a lot like just the the stadium and everything like that they got the mini green monster in left field and yeah. fans were always good and everything the, here's the a little story though i don't know who creates the schedule but i promise you playing on opening day like april 4th in portland maine is not where you want to be it's it's not a good move. So. We, we jump on the bus in Connecticut. It's like a two-hour drive to or something like that. Not bad at all. On, oh, for opening day, it was like Friday. We're supposed to play that night. So we jump on the bus, get a call before we leave saying, don't come. There's a foot of snow on the field. It's like, cool. They're like, but get ready to come tomorrow because we're trying to get some help to get the snow off the field and play tomorrow. Well, being Canadian here, I know what a foot of snow on a field looks like. You ain't shoveling it off in 24 hours here. So I'm like, we're not. Well, it depends
1: like... if it's that light snow bag or that heavy No, snow
0: no. Bag. It was a foot of. So we end up going the next day. Let's say that might have been the Saturday morning. We go there, get to the field. And they have like maybe 10 looks like UFO, like crop circles, like 10, di- 10. Ten foot diameter like crop circles shoveled off in the outfield. That was it. The rest of the field is covered in a foot of snow. I'm like, what are we doing here? So the whole four day like four game series got banged. We're out there playing catch in between these crop circles, just like jumping from one to the next all throughout the outfield to increase your distance. And that was our weekend. I think I might have hung out in the Sea Dogs uh, clubhouse at night. Uh, one of those nights uh, might have happened. But uh, that yeah. was – it for, and then we go to uh, New Hampshire after that where they had three of their first games snowed out, and they got their last one, and they got the turf, right? We, so we played there. But it was like, don't start the season in Portland, Maine.
2: It's just a bad decision. Go down south. It worked out well for me. It worked out well for me my first – Yeah, you are in Greenville, right? My first six weeks were in Greenville, South Carolina. Perfect. So, yeah, I caught, the, caught, caught Portland, Maine when the when the weather started to turn, so I can't relate. Um, yeah. I never worked ditched in cold weather, so – It'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously Boston's a cold-weather city, especially if you're going to be playing in, in the postseason, playing mm-hmm. in September, October, it's going to start to get chilly. So um, that'll be, a, that'll be a, a, a challenge, an adjustment for me for sure. But, but Portland city is an awesome,
0: st- an awesome city. I really like Portland a lot.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Incredible.
1: What are other uh, places you've enjoyed playing? Or Charleston,
2: playing? South Carolina. That's uh, the low A for the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got an incredible setup there. Charleston's just a great city. Um Greenville, South Carolina, where I started out, the high A for the Red Sox. I mean I I don't know I don't know how many other minor league setups were better than what we had out in Greenville. Um from I mean just a locker room perspective, a fan perspective. Uh pretty new stadiums. Yeah, new stadium. They uh, they just did like a I wanna say it was a two million dollar um renovation for only the things that Affected the players on a daily basis, so like clubhouse, oh. training room, weight room, um, and it was great. So screw the and, fans, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I walk mean, with the fans. They have to, they got a good already. They got a good already. The stadium's incredible. Um, Greenville's a good spot. I really liked playing for uh, in for some reason. Where do the Fisher Cats play? They're double from New Hampshire. Yes, in Manchester, Manchester. Um, There's a couple of cool coffee shops out there and the field was great the fans were awesome. I think we pulled out more Red sox fans at that game than than, than blue Jays um but that was a, that was a, just a fun environment to play with and I don't know maybe I was pitching well but it was a good time
0: short right field though it's like 315 or something like that to, to right yeah. field
2: yeah yeah I feel but... like
1: I feel like anyone who plays though like I felt the same way like places that I went and played. I mean, mainly in college, but, like, the places I liked most were probably the places that I did the best at, you Yeah, know? yeah. There's, it's like, just... there's places that you just want to forget about. It's probably because, yeah, you know, went 0 for 5 with four punches in an air or two or something like that. So, it's funny like
2: that. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is miserable. You're on yeah, the bus this place sucks. You're yeah. like, get me out of this place. <laughs> yeah. UC Riverside. There we go. Dude, don't get me started. <laughs> the worst. Oh, that's funny.
0: What uh, What's on the – what's the outlook for- for next year. I don't know if you've even thought that far ahead now with the fall league going, but I don't know if you've had any indication from, you know, the brass or or just your own personal kind of goals for next year, but uh you've got your feet wet in double A. W- where are you thinking now? Where's your where's your head?
2: You know, beggar to be honest with you, man. Um I'm not thinking about, you know, levels. I never really thought about levels. Um never really thought about double A, never really thought about high, low. A. Um and you know, I'd be lying to say if I if I didn't think about it, but uh just doesn't I just can't put too much stock into it, right? So like for me, like my goal, my goal isn't to go, okay, I'm gonna go from high to double A this year, or my goal isn't okay, double A to triple A this year. My goal is to be the best pitcher I can be, be better than I was yesterday. And I know that after X number of days, X number of reps, there is a big big league version of myself. And at the end of the day, that's where I want to be. Um and so, whenever that happens, like that's gonna happen, um, it just comes down to getting the big league version out of myself. You know, I feel like it's like a like a marble statue, and you're like chipping away, chipping away, and and there's a statue inside. Um, maybe not a maybe never a complete finished product. Uh, you're always you're always making it better, but um, there's gonna be a, there is a big league version of myself in that in that slab of marble, and so I just gotta chip away as much as I can, as fast as I can.
0: Well, those fifteen yeah. punch outs per nine innings are pretty uh, elite level right now, as it is. So just work on the other things, right?
2: Yeah. The six and a half <laughs> walks per nine. That doesn't, help. <laughs> that doesn't help.
1: And they even out. They even
0: yeah. out.
2: Nice.
1: <laughs> What's the off season looking like, CT? Going back to SB or what?
2: Yeah, I got a got a short one this year. Six weeks, six week off season. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So regular season ends November eleventh. Uh, the dead period starts November seventeenth. So assuming Glendale Desert Dogs makes it to the playoffs, um, the last possible day I could be in Arizona, I believe is November 17th. And then I will be in Fort Myers, Florida at the Spring Training Complex, uh, January 2nd. So um, at most six weeks, uh, at least five, four and four and a half, five weeks. And that's just gonna be Christmas and Thanksgiving.
1: You gonna go home then?
2: Yeah, I'll probably. I mean, my to be honest with you, my plans are go home for Thanksgiving, go home for Christmas, and then in between, couch surf with K Chan and the boys down in down uh, in LA. Yeah. Down in LA, and I know Del's well, on. McLean's
1: on. Yeah, McLean's on their couch right now. You might have to fight it, fight him off. For I that. told him. Yeah,
2: I talked to him the other day. I was like, McLean, you're gonna have to scoot over, man. I gotta. We're gonna have to get two on this couch.
1: Oh yeah, what a pleasure to sleeping with Chris Troy too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this it, it, when when Chris is sleeping, there's no getting him out of it. <laughs> That's hilarious. A so,
0: okay, so it then is. I I mean that's a good segue for my my last question anyway. I think uh, Troy, like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask if you had any Willow stories from back in the day that you could share with us. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> maybe let's, we got let's ton embarrass of them a little bit or something. <laughs> like that's so we we can edit this out if it gets too crazy, but I mean feel free. Feel free to to, to let us know.
2: I feel like for most people that know Willow, they 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 know the what he's packing in the back in the back trunk. And for those that don't know, dude's cake- Well, up. not anymore, dude. Not anymore. You, you, you lost it.
1: Well, I was still kind of naturally there, but you know when I was playing, that's when it was there the
2: No way you could have lost it. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, we were uh, we're trying on Halloween costumes. You know, none of the boys prepared, none of the boys planned, and so you know we're just trying, we're just putting things on. And uh, next thing I know, Willow comes walking out of a leotard, <laughs> <laughs> like a bright, green, a bright green leotard, and it's like a g-string up his ass. Uh, <laughs> dude, just it. just falling out of the, falling out of the costume. Needless to say, that was a good laugh for the boys, but didn't end up wearing it out. But no, dude, I did. Dude, Willow was always doing some funny stuff like that. That kept the boys loose, kept the boys laughing. I mean, that was that was one of the, uh, that was that was just one of the things I could think of. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, you gotta play
0: to your strengths, bro. Sure.
2: Yeah, there we go. It was fun, actually. And I I used to get the the
1: apron out too all the time. You yeah. <laughs> know, just the apron. It was fun. Well, yeah, you know, we'd have boys over and you know mix it up, have yeah. some fun with it, right? Baseball players
2: are a little weird, man. They're a little they weird. area. I mean,
1: yeah, we we were usually the house staff. Like most guys over, or we seemed like we always had guys over. So it was like there was always something going on, which is so always. much fun. So yeah, those are the days you look back and just like ah you miss a big time, but they were good. Well, they lost for sure.
0: <laughs> those, those are definitely the memories, right? The people and the the times and everything, not necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. on the field, but it's all the other things too, which make for a pretty interesting career, interesting life and interesting experience.
1: Well, that's what I miss. Like people are always like, Oh, you miss playing ball. It's like, I do, but like, it's yeah. like, it's more of the team thing. Yeah. Like being with the boys, you know, hanging out outside. Like that's the thing that I really miss. And like ever since transitioning out of, you know, ball for me has been like that's been the hardest part it's not like the ball yeah i yeah. love playing ball and like playing every day but at the same time it's like no like that's kind of small compared to all the other mm-hmm. things and you know the relationships you build and i mean it's awesome you the clubhouse see, you, the clubhouse is awesome and and i think college is super unique in the fact that, like for instance like there you know there was dudes i played five years with right mm-hmm. Yeah, you know like i saw the coaches more than my parents for five years like it's just like these relationships you build are just like um, kind of unique in, in a sense because I mean pro ball is kind of the same but you're moving up and down right you know guys I mean, are a little you more got,
2: you got you got dudes that have kids that have families yeah you got guys that are getting married next week yeah uh, and then you got the high school prospects that you know they're, they 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 still got some growing up to do uh, <laughs> yeah huh? but no I mean especially in Isla Vista dude like being able to ride your bike and see your boys hanging out and just like pull your bike over and go hang out with the boys and chop it up for a little bit like those are those are the best those are the best times. Yeah. Like today, man, it's, I mean, I guess that's life, but it uh, yeah, that's how it is. Where it's a little bit spread out,
1: everyone's just got to move to the same neighborhood. Yeah. I wish that'll never happen again. I mean, that's like most college people, right? Where everyone's kind of put together, and Santa Barbara's like that. Like, the way it's set up is like campus and what they call Isla Vista, like right next to it, where it's like literally, I think it's actually like considered like the biggest slum west of the Mississippi or something. I heard that because there's like there's no no one makes money like that's the way that a slum's considered off is like um i don't whatever the actual number but anyways it's
2: like per capita exactly something like
1: that but it's it's literally just like i don't know two square miles of just all college students and it's like it's making zero dollars making yeah zero minus dollars (laughs) yeah yeah but uh yeah that's a unique experience for sure it's good though well i got one more thing for you ct yeah. And this is kinda of finish off and I know you we were kinda of talking the other night and a big thing that you wanted to chat on and we kinda of already have. Um, I know there's another big piece of it which I kinda I know it might be long to touch on, but you talking about your self identity and, and I think, you know, me knowing you, like, you know, you're you're one of the most interesting dudes I know. Um Thank you. you've always been a guy who hasn't just been all baseball. And honestly, I love guys like that, but at the same time I don't. I think we've all ran into teammates like that where it's like you're almost like too much baseball, right? Yeah. um but you know social media we're talking about i don't know if people know this they probably don't but uh ct also a real estate owner and i yeah. guess you got a company now what do you got something something along those lines but anyways what i'm getting at is like a guy who does more than just baseball so you know last couple minutes here i don't know talk about that you know life balance baseball balance and also you know your outside interest um
2: outside of baseball yeah dude. thanks for uh I forget that I forgot that I wanted to talk about this, but no, i think Bringing it back up, um, yeah, I think I think I think one of the biggest things that has really helped me on the field is to not have my self identity tied to my baseball career. And what do I mean by that, Willow? You have probably experienced it, beggar. I'm sure you've had your fair share of injuries, but like, especially for me, when I went through Tommy John in 2019, and I was out for what 12, 14 months. Um, you know, it was, it's, it's a self-identity crisis. Like it really is. Like you have, you, you, you think you're this baseball player, you think you're this baseball player where all you know is eat, sleep, breathe baseball. And then it gets taken away from you for a little bit or, um, an extended amount of time. And you're like, what do I do? You know, I've got all this free time now. What do I fill that time with? Who am I? Um, I'm not a baseball player right now. And so for me, like, that's really where I felt that I had a mindset shift and I mean, it was a tough time for me going through Tommy John. I'm sure we're looking to test, but the boys in the boys in the apartment really helped me get through it. It was, it was tough for me um, just mentally, but, but, but being more than just a baseball player, right? Like, you know, you have a, you've got doctors that they're a doctor, but they're also, they're also a husband. They're also a brother. They're also, you know, all of these other things that, when you want to get internal in the game and the game forces you to get internal, sometimes it kind of pushes you against the wall. You're having some failures, you're having some setbacks. And, and all you can think about is, 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 you know, wanting to perform, wanting to help the team win and, and all of those things, it it, it drives you crazy. And it, it, it honestly, I, I spiraled, I spiraled a little bit, uh, midway through that, through that Tommy John process. Um, and, and it was, it was reframing how I think about baseball. And you know, it's it's obviously gonna be tough to do to separate your results from off the field, you know. But I remember in high school, like if I had a bad game in high school, I'd be at the dinner table with my family and I'd be a douchebag, you know, and I would be I'd be short, happy. snappy. And and those are just things that looking back on it, like it was just I was just immature. And so now I'm at a point, you know, professional baseball where, you know, I say that I try not to let those results affect me. You know, sometimes they just they just do. We're human. But for the most part, like doing podcasts like this, um, investing in real estate, uh, raising money to do kind of uh, real estate deals like that, you know, social media, building a team, like doing all of those things forces me to get external. I don't have the opportunity to be internal about my results, bad or good, if I have to focus and use my creative energy and my brain on something else. And so that's where I feel like um, my performance and my, my 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 mindset around developing as a pitcher really really took off because I'm not focused on the results. Obviously, you want to pitch well. Obviously, you want to win. Obviously, you want to get to big leagues. But stay focused on what you can do now and don't take things home. And I think that I think that that's been the biggest um, unlock that, that that I've had in the last few years.
1: Well, I think it sets you up for success too, right? Like even yeah. post baseball because. I don't know, like, Beggar, you probably have a different experience than me, but probably similar, but I think a lot of guys, when baseball does end for people, it's like it's at such a weird shift because, like, years and years of, like, that's all you've put towards, you know, your life, your energy, and stuff like that, and I mean, I know you do put, you know, really hard work in the, you know, ball CT, but it's like, I feel, I mean, and you can say different, but if, let's say, something happened your ball is over today, like, you're still in a really good spot to keep going in life, right? You're not gonna be um kind of that you know trying to tread water and and i was in that you know just like this past year and a bit like i was yeah. there right it's just like you end and it's just like snap of the fingers and it's like what do i do all i know is baseball and am beggar i don't know like what your kind of no 100 percent when too. i
0: when i was done he mentioned injuries there troy is like yeah i was i had partially torn torn labrum and that's pretty much what derailed me i tried to come back it was never the same ended up getting released and then it's the whole what now kind of, like I said, the identity crisis, like that's all you've known for the past however many years through pro ball and college ball and even like amateur trying to reach those levels. And I, I was at home for a year, a year and a half or something like that before I even thought about like figuring out what the next step was. Right. So. You know, being able to identify who you are off the field before that happens is really good. And you know, for everybody, hopefully, when that decision comes, it's at your own disposal about when you're going to hang them up. But it's not like that for everybody. So if you think about that earlier rather than later, you're going to be in a really
2: good spot. Hundred percent. I mean, the best guys in the the best the best the best MLB players, the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, you know, they're by forty years old, they're, they're out of the game. Mm. You know, and the, I mean, that's that's only like the first half of your life. If not, if not less. So yeah. you got the whole, you got, you got a lot of time on this planet, you know, God willing, but um, I feel like it's, it's really allowed me to focus when I'm at the field on what I need to do at the field. And when I'm off the field, bad or good, it's, it's easy to just move on to the next task.
1: How you been handling kind of like the time management around that though? Cause I mean, I mean, I know some people hear this and be like, Oh, you know, he's a professional baseball player. Like, you know, I want him playing for my Red Sox in two years. He shouldn't be doing all this BS outside of things, but like, What's your approach to that of, you know, balancing
2: off field and on field things? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, have your priorities straight. Like, first and foremost, my number one priority in my professional life um, is to be the best pitcher I can be. And so, if anything is distracting from that, I'm very, very quick to cut it out. Um, you know, whether that's off field distractions, uh, girls, or, you know, whatever it may be. Um,
1: guys, you never know.
2: <laughs> 2023. Um, I don't know. No, I mean, I think I think you have your priorities straight, and you make decisions based on your priorities uh, first and foremost. And then secondly, right? I think I think I'm at a point now where um, I'm really learning about systems and operations, and 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 how to delegate, and how to hire, and 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 how to take more things off of my plate and put them in other people's plate. You know, leverage leverage uh, honestly labor and technology, um, which has freed up a lot of my time. So in terms of time management, like. There are things that like, if, if, if they're affecting my baseball career, I just say no. And I just don't do them. And then, you know, I figure out whatever I got to deal with whenever I got to deal with it. Um, but then the second part of that is, you know, be proactive, you know, put have have build a team of people that you can trust, um, build systems, uh, leverage technology to automate as much as you can. And I think, I think, you know, with the technology and, and the AI buzz and everything else going on today, like I think there's never a better time to, uh, or never an easier time to to manage and to delegate.
0: I think I think a lot of it. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to balance, right? It's like, and if you're getting enjoyment from some of those things off of the field um, through the real estate or anything like that, then that enjoyment going to show on the field as well, right? Just like the other way. If you if you suck on the field and you carry that into your personal relationships and dinner table and all the rest of it. You know, that's not a good thing. Just like it, but it, it does work the other way, where the enjoyment that you come from the other aspects of your life can carry on the field and
2: improve your performance. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: Wrap it up there, Willow. Chris, man, thanks for joining us. That was that was that was a good one. That was uh really enjoyable. I've been looking forward to this one for a little while, ever since I kind of started figuring figuring out who you were on social media and following you a little bit, but yeah, continued success through the fall league, healthy off season, and into next year, and we'll keep looking. Uh, we'll be following you for sure. Obviously, Willow and you are close, but uh, yeah, man, you got a new fan today out of me, and you know just kind of oh, want to see you succeed, and we'll watch you watch you rise. And Red Sox fans are should be excited about who you are as a player, who you are as a person. And um, wait till yeah. the Red Sox get Shohei too. <laughs> Willow's calling that one. Willow's. Calling I've been calling
1: that for a long time, Troy. Really. I've been, and I think it's coming.
0: We'll see. Although, we'll although see. only thing is that takes away one pitcher roster spot from you, so you might not, not want him. He won't <laughs> be.
1: Shohei won't be out of the pen. We're fine.
0: <laughs> Love it, man! Thanks for joining, Chris.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on.
0: Well, until, uh, until next time, I guess that'll wrap it up for this week. And from Leotard Willow and myself and the rest of Team Hoppo Taco, that's going to be Hoppo Taco out.